Welcome to Footy for Two. I'm Solomon Dubner. Uh, it sounds like an FBI show. And I'm Stephen Dubner. Uh, <laughs> and we're back after just uh, one day. One day. We're trying to get you guys more episodes. Now, why is that? Why are you so excited? It couldn't have anything to do with the midweek Copa del Rey match. It couldn't. This is, <laughs> I'm going to spoil it for you guys. This yeah. is a Barcelona episode huh? because it's my podcast and I can do what I want. Right? When is it not a Barcelona episode, as Will Goodlett That's a fair point. Um, <laughs> before we start, I just want to say thank you to one person in particular, Javier Mastrano, for giving Barcelona a good many years of service. Is it over? Officially? It's not a... Yeri Mina joining me that he's going to leave probably within the week to Hebei hey Fortune, Fortuna in China. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you, Master. Yeri Mina comes from where? Palmeiras in Colombia, in Brazil. He's a Colombian center back. Uh-huh. We talked about briefly last night. And Mascherano, what's, what has been said about him or what has he said publicly about leaving? It's happening. Everyone knows it's going to happen. He he hasn't spoken much in public, but how how does this? Um, it's so different from American well, sports. Well, where, not always. I'm, I, there are a ton of rumors, obviously. Yes. Yeah. So, but when you say everybody knows it, what does that mean? All the major is leaked to all the major publications. Um, is it leaked from uh, agents, clubs, it, pl- it could, players? It could be all of the above. Um, I don't know. I think it happens more for lower stakes transfers. Well, Coutinho, it happened, but after so well, many that had been rumors, rumored for, for how for, many for cycles? Three, two or three. Yeah, um, um, but no, because it's time to move on. So no, no one's that uptight about it, right? Um, whose interest is it to leak it though, as opposed to you know announce it? I do you don't think, know. Do you think the club wanted to keep it quiet? Sometimes, someone, to keep it sometimes quiet? one person just might be connected. They want to get paid or um, feel special. So tell an age uh, reporter that so it could right. be as simple as that at times. Right. So how would you assess Mascherano's Barca Barca career? I'd say he's one of the toughest, most dedicated players I've ever seen. He he was a defensive midfielder at Liverpool. Another player we stole from Liverpool because we are a bigger club. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we love you, Liverpool. Um, and he came as a defensive midfielder, signed by Pep Guardiola. And um, he saw when he said when he got here, I saw Busquets was way better than me. There's no way I could play there. So what he did is he reinvented himself at a center as center back position he'd barely ever played, and he became a fine center back, amazing, uh, dedicated, and it served him well for a while. He's He's been a starter in treble-winning teams. So he's been with Barca for, what, seven years or something? I think eight or nine, probably. Wow. And um, seven, eight, I think. If I recall correctly, and I may not, but if I do recall correctly, you you were not a huge uh, Mascherano fan. I was not. Why was that? Before I really watched and analyzed him, I thought he wasn't good enough. Before for some you reason. really watched what? Sorry. And analyzed him, I thought he wasn't good enough for some reason. And then I started really watching him and realized how good he was. Mm-hmm. You were never a Sergio Busquets fan at first. That's true. Let's not change the subject. Okay. Now, uh, in your uh, ev- in the evolution of your view on Mascherano, uh, what would you say that he came to provide Barca that was important? Why Why was he a starter? What did he provide? First of all, he's a very good footballer. That's the big thing. Fine. But um, big scorer, <laughs> he did finally score his first goal yes. last year of penalty kick, and yeah. they gave it to him because he'd never scored one. And we'd already won by all. Yeah, yeah I can't yeah. lose against. Um, so yeah, he besides being a very good footballer, the spirit, the fire he brings, he is he is tough. He's mm-hmm. he once tore his butthole <laughs> right 
for lack of a better term in the World <laughs> no, Cup. That's a pretty good term, really. <laughs> Thinking towards butthole, yeah. Um, I think it's called um, as, uh, as, uh, as Borat calls it, right? The anus. <laughs> the anus. Uh, uh, that was in the World Cup. Yeah, for, he did, but he wasn't. He he didn't play after that. Yeah, he did. He did. He kept playing. He, he played with that injury. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> I told you he was tough. Oh my goodness. Um, um, but yeah, he. I think he was always a good. He complimented PK very well as PK would push up. Mastrano, he could dribble up once in a while, but usually. He would sit back and mm-hmm. be fully defensive. What about in the uh, in the locker room? Um, he's got El Jefecito, the little boss. Mm-hmm. He, I think he was he organized everyone a lot. Um, he's good friends with Messi and Suarez. The three of them went on vacation just now over the winter break all together. Mm-hmm. And I think Yarmina, his replacement, he's a good footballer, of course. But I think you know whose place he'll take in the locker room has it been here for a year or two. Um, you want to give me a hint? You you mean the the role that Yermina will yeah. play? Yeah. Um, not Neymar. That's uh, yeah. too recent. Um, also, too not what you want in the locker room. Ah, yeah, good point. Uh, not Xavi. Yeah. No way. Danny uh, Alves. Oh, really? He's that kind of joke. Oh, really? Guy, the trickster well, type. Yeah. Welcome, Yermina. Very nice. And uh, sorry, there was one other thing I wanted to ask you about Mascherano. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about what? Um, Skills and mindset, et cetera, conditioning maybe changes when you uh, transfer from um, uh, defensive mid to center back. I mean, it's probably not that drastic, right? Depends on the player. Um, if you think about defensive midfielder, like say Arturo Vidal, mm-hmm. it'd be a huge transition because he's really always getting up and forth. And I think it's one of the best defensive mids in the world. I gather Mastrano um, was not that kind of. He was of- not. He was. He already played very deep, staying there. Um, his main, his main skill, I also always say, is tackling. He was an un, he could. Have you seen his tackling? He's an unbelievable tackler. Not really. He could really reach a player at any angle. But haven't you told me that tackling is the last resort of a failed defensive play? That's not what I said. That's what probably the best ever def- defender ever, Pella Maldini, said. Ah, uh, who? Sorry, Pella Maldini, second best after Franz Beckenbauer. Who is he? AC Milan, Italy legend. Uh-huh. I failed you if you don't know who he is. <laughs> so his point was that yeah. you shouldn't be tackling because yeah. you're sacrificing, your, yeah. you're getting on the ground and then you can't recover. Because you already made a mistake. Yeah. Pep Guardiola said last year to the press in England, I don't believe in tackling. He got ridiculed for that a little bit, but he's doing <laughs> well now. Can I just say, um, I didn't know that about, uh, you You taught me that about tackling being kind of the, the last resort yeah. that you shouldn't do. Cause I'm not I, sure I agree with it necessarily. Uh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Because when I grew up, um, you know, playing soccer, watching soccer, you know, not at a high level, obviously, but like, you know, I followed, uh, you know, I followed it in high school and college uh, and so on. Um, tackling was, you know, a routine. Yeah, it I was agree. a routine uh, play. But when you watch um, good defenders, yeah. they never, they try to never leave their feet. Yeah. But the one who I have seen on our team leave his feet a lot. In desperation is you know who who until recently at least Gerard PK PK yeah a lot a lot a yeah. lot but can I say he seems to have had a renaissance as well he he always starts seasons very slowly which is not a good trait but. yeah but toward the end of last season there there's been a lot there have been a lot of times where he just gets beat yeah and then he tries to recover and will make a bad foul or a bad tackle I think there's something that he has in common with Jordi Alba a little bit. Tell me. 
the manager we play sort of really affects how he plays. Um, hmm. Or not a, the manager we play sort of how the manager treats him because he was horrendous at first under in Luis Enrique's first year. So bad that he got benched for a little bit and then he came back and was unbelievable in the treble winning year and pretty much the rest of Luto's time. And then Ernesto Valverde seems to have gotten the best out of him. He seems very close with Valverde. He seems calmer he or seems, something. His, and I thought it was maybe because playing with Vermalen. Um, Vermalen played today, but no PK today, correct? It was uh, no PK and oh, Mastrano started. Oh, oh that's right. He's still injured. He'll be that's back right. soon, though. PK came out at half, though. Apparently, he was not feeling. He well. just seen some discomfort, but he's fine. What does that mean, discomfort? He had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Probably a little pull in the hamstring, but Valverde said he's fine. No tests or. Not no test, but so he's now back. for in in our time zone in the east, it's a little bit late. Where we've both had a very long day, and you sound a little bit tired. But I'm curious: is it tired, or do you sound? Are you a little bit uh, not mournful quite, but sad about Mascherano being done? I mean, you know, he's, honestly, it's neither. What do you mean? You're not tired, and you're not sad. Well, I am sad, and <laughs> I am tired, but that's not why I sound like this. Why do you sound like this? I just I'm sick of how you bully me. <laughs> you just. You just treat me like I'm not an equal podcaster, <laughs> and I I don't appreciate that. Can I say something for the uh, for the listeners? So one of my proudest moments as a pod father was um, <laughs> I'm the pod father. Was we when make a movie. was when we were uh, interviewing Alexei Lalas, uh, and that was we were in a studio, yeah. and he was in a studio in California. We were in New York, so we were just uh, you know down the line on the phone. And uh, my favorite part was you and I had our questions on our computers typed up and we were planning to kind of, um, you know, I guess alternate. And while he was giving an answer, the way it works when you're doing this, when you're recording, is you would, you know, you kind of make a hand signal. You don't want to say, hey, do you want to ask the next question or should I ask the next question? And whenever I kept saying, like, you or me for the next one, you kept taking the questions. <laughs> and that made me really yeah. proud that you really, uh, Thank you, you. you were in control. You were, uh, you were on fine footing with Alexi Lawless. You asked great questions. He, he could tackle. Oh, is that he right? was a tackler. Is that right? Does that indicate that his, uh, his you know, pre-tackle skills were not as uh, sharp as they well, should have been? I think... If you analyze it, if you look at it, did you see the hair he had as a player? I think the I hair just the hair. contributes to a wild game. You think overall. the hair just dragged him down? The, no, the I think it just, when you have that hair, you're just a wild person. <laughs> let's get back to Barcelona because we're wasting time here. Time is precious and we have to talk about Barca. Time is precious. Today, Barcelona, the second leg of the Copa del Rey, uh, round of 16, annihilated. I think that's a proper word I used yesterday. I'll use it today. <laughs> Celta Vigo, 5-0. It was a pretty perfect performance. It was, it was one of the best team performances I've seen from us in years. Valverde has playing like the real Barcelona again, recycling possession, keeping the ball, pressing. My favorite goal, it was probably the least beautiful goal, but from a pure Barca standpoint, was when Mastrano, I mean, no, when Rakitic and Semedo pressed a Celta player into passing it back to the keeper and they and he passed it terribly. Suarez just picked it off and finished. Mm. That those were that looked like a prime Pep Guardiola goal, <laughs> where you just press yeah. the team, other team to death. Yeah, yeah. Special shout outs go to the King Lionel Messi, mm-hmm. who showed why he's the best once again. He was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He he had two goals, an amazing assist to Jordi Alba. I showed you that pass. Anyways. Sure did. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordi Alba, a goal and two assists. Um, whew. Nice to see him happy, isn't it, Jordi? Because oh, yeah. he looked really sad. 
Well, early uh, previous years. Yeah, I told. I said yesterday year. he hated Lucho. Yeah, yeah, hated Lucho. Yeah. And I, I remember when you were kind of ridiculing me yesterday for saying he might be the best left back in the world. <laughs> I do. We're thinking about that now. <laughs> I mean, I have no way of knowing. He, yeah. I mean, what I saw today, you and I watched together much of the first half, and then I watched a little bit of the second half. Yeah. And uh, you know, he. It's amazing what. Uh, well, the here. Here's all I noticed. He and Messi are best friends too. It has something to do with it. All I can say is this, the first half, forget about the scoring, just the control of the, the ball. The play was beautiful. Barca, they looked like the Harlem Globetrotters. They just I saw looked- a reference to it like Copa 90, a big soccer, mm, YouTube, everything, tweeted, yeah. it's great seeing Barcelona versus Washington Generals, yeah, which, exactly is, which right. is a saying you use a lot. Right, so for those who don't know, the Harlem Globetrotters to- were, and I think are still, this amazing basketball team that are basically like pro level, just below pro level players who get recruited to this team, yeah. and the Harlem Globetrotters they play good basketball, but it's not about being good; it's about having all these tricks. These tricks so it's the yeah. way they dribble, the way they take all these half court hook shots and stuff, and it's basically like it, it, they're it's still like around. It, yeah, and it's like you're watching a magic trick, but they're really doing it. They're just doing all this amazing stuff, and the team that they would play against. I don't, I don't know if this is still the standard opponent. It was this Not team. the only team. It was like the only team. It was like the main one back then when I was a kid, called the Washington Generals. And again, they were really, really, really good players, and they just played like the straight man. But the Globetrotters would both entertain more and win. By and a lot. Today, the Barca just looked like again. Celta Vigo is a good team. They just looked like they were the Globetrotters. Mm-hmm. They were they were having fun. I mean, you know, they took it seriously. After they scored two goals, though, they just looked like they were in, in a backyard yeah. playing against. It was, it and then they like, went to score two more. It was unbelievable. That Lionel Messi pass to Jordi Alba was maybe the best pass I've ever seen, I just want to say. You're not at all prone to hyperbole, are you? No. I mean, yes. I mean, what? <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Um, you know who really impressed me when he came on? Tell me. Usman Dembele. Yeah, so I didn't see him. So you watch, You didn't watch live, you watched later. Yeah. Tell me what I watched. You- I was with the two, so I watched the first... I watched most of the first half and a little bit of the second line. Tell me why he impressed you, no, what he did. He can run with, he's an unbelievable dribbler. He had a few great passes. I don't think he got close to scoring. The best thing he did was he assisted a corner, Rakitic's goal, the fifth, with his weak, weaker right foot. Meaning it was from the left corner? I don't well, know. It was, for- well, he's so two-footed that he can take corners with both feet. The only two players who I can say this about in the history of the game I know of are Zinedine Zidane and kind of randomly Santi Cazorla. Hmm. I'm not saying because those are the best players ever just happened to be that two-footed. Right. It was unbelievable. Um, are, are most players heavily, heavily, heavily one-footed? Most players at the top can use both their feet incredibly well. but Except for Messi. No. That's a that's an <laughs> old myth that's not true at that all, he, actually. The myth is that he can't use the right foot well? Yeah, which is, he's actually very good with his right yeah, foot. He just doesn't like it. No, it's just when you're so perfect with one left foot, why do you use your When right? I watch him today, for instance, trying to do kind of doing these like triple Cruyff turns that look like an ice skater or something, yeah. you know what he reminds me? Have you ever seen magicians do that trick where they take a, a quarter on this this finger and kind of weave it through their fingers? We're on a podcast. Yeah, no, I was just saying to you. I oh, realize yeah, yeah. that people can't see my fingers. Have you ever seen that trick, though? Yeah, I have. That's what he looks like. The dexterity of just the left foot, just like the yeah. outside of the left foot. I don't understand how that works. I know it's not always him. One thing that is always impressive about him that I kind of remind me of is his balance. He does not go down. It helps to be tiny. 
It does. I think his low center of gravity is stocky build. He's he stays up incredibly well. Like our dog, our Fifi, our eleven pound yeah. fighter. She's very low center of gravity. <laughs> very she, hard to knock her off. Little, no, she's not. You could you could no, send her flying. Like I've I've tried to roll a bowling ball at her. Hard hey, to knock her down. Hey Fifi. <laughs> oh, there goes a tail. Uh, uh, we we both have ADHD, don't we? Well. What were we talking about? <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, like I said, Valverde has this plane like the real Barca again. Most amazing thing is he's doing it with a 4 4 2, which I, I don't think, not to sound kind of sounding, do you, I don't think you even understand that, do you? Well, I do know you, what it means. You need a tactics talk, don't I you? I need a tactics talk. So, 4 4 2 is the traditional English direct football formation associated with more physicality than technical ability. Okay. And in Spain, it's kind of looked down upon the most technical. Tactical intrinsic league. It's looked down on as kind of too muscular, lower and, class football. Uh-huh. Um, not enough brains or technical ability. But Valverde's made it beautiful. I think we were playing beautiful football today. Were and of course, was Barca not playing four four two last year at all? No, we weren't. And that's the amazing part. He made it a four four two look beautiful, which is mm. amazing. Of course, it's a variation with Messi kind of dropping the hold, making a four four one one at times, or the or the wing, the fullbacks, or the uh, wide midfielders uh, today. Um, at the beginning, I'm trying to remember who it was. Paulinho. It was uh, Gomes and Iniesta. Uh, Sergi. No, he Ser- was playing back. Was yeah. He? Um, no, Sergi didn't play today. Semedo was at right back. Oh, Semedo. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Gomes played out wide. And Gomes. when we ha- have the the fully fit team, it'll be instead of Iniesta having to play on the left. I thought, which is why I think. Yeah, he did that today. And putting Gomes out there, we'll have Iniesta in the center, and Coutinho and Dembele on the wings. And people who are saying, this is just Celta Vigo. Yeah. Do you know what they did four days ago? No. They drew 2-2-3 real Madrid. Can I ask you a question, though? But it oh. could be because Real Madrid is a relegation-fighting team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Salman, I have a very rudimentary question for you. Um, when you're talking about a 4-4-2, and that it's new for Barca this year, and it's... Um, you know, reminiscent of yeah. or played by other different kind of clubs. When you're playing in a four-four-two, does that mean that the two lines, the lines of midfielders and the lines of uh, the the back, that they have to move really in concert? Uh, at least in some cases, like for instance, when the other team is attacking, do the back four try to stay aligned? Is that part of? To an extent, usually the fullbacks will push up. The fullbacks will push up. Okay. Um, so Sometimes, what is it? What's wrong then with a four four two? Why is it considered a kind it's of it's associated clumsy... with four tough defenders, yeah. two tough hard tackling midfielders, and two just wingers running up and putting um, across the two big men up, up front who headed in. Okay, that's Leicester won the league playing a four four two actually. It's really interesting. And was that a rarity in the prem or no? Recently, yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So what's a more typical formation? Well, last year Chelsea won with the three four three, it's incredibly rare. Rare. Usually it'd be a four three three or four three two one. And a four two three one. Barca's famous formation is the classic four three three. Mm-hmm. And where do you think Valverde um drew the inspiration from? Do you know anything about that? Or say from himself. Because that's what he used it a lot at Bilbao. Uh. He kind of played a four two three one, but it was based on the idea of a four four two with very direct football, which is kind of was implemented at Barcelona. But also, I, I think he's very he's known for working with what's available to him. 
because that's what he did at Athletic Bilbao, a fairly poor club with they can only field Bosque players mm-hmm. is their role, remember? Right, right. Um, so he had to make the best of with what he had available to him. And even though he has a lot of money available to him at Barcelona, <laughs> it seems as if it's still the board making the calls on the transfers. Yeah, but come on, be real. What's available to him? No, of course, of course. Of but when, even though we've made some very good signs recently, Dembele, Semedo, Coutinho, the core of our squad recently has almost completely been uh, who every one who was there last year, and we're playing much better. Okay, let's be honest. It's very though. early. Though. Let's be honest. Yeah. Don't you feel like uh, this, the prince in some kingdom who wakes up and all the subjects are out there getting for some holiday a little basket of, you know, nuts and seeds to eat and you're oh, getting of course. like— I You mean, mean like Ernesto Valverde would? Yeah, I mean, you're getting Coutinho and Oh, no, and no, Dembele. no, of course. Of yeah. course, he has access to some of the and the best footballers in the world. Yeah. I'm just saying, his the core of the squad so far this season, because Tomato hasn't been playing that much after signing, Dembele was injured and we only just signed Coutinho, and De La Feo hasn't been good. Um, Fair enough. Fair the enough. core of the squad is almost completely who was there last year, and he it's has true. been playing much better than Luis Enrique. Okay. Also, I think, you so, know, I've always liked Luis Enrique, most Barca fans haven't, but it will be straight up, he was... He's not a good tactician, Ernesto Valverde is. What makes you say that? How do you know that? You In look, other words, how, persuade me that you're not just repeating what you've read uh, footy <laughs> nuts say. If you look at the way his teams play, they don't adapt very well. They have one style. They try to keep the ball. They go straight forward. He cannot train different formations very well. Mm. He doesn't play innovative football the way. I wouldn't go so far as to call Valverde innovative, but he knows how to create new ideas to adapt technique. Um, and persuade me that your assessment of him is not biased by the fact that they just keep winning, which is obviously you know connected to good, yeah. you know, good outcomes are worth um, paying attention to. But still, I think one thing this isn't so much tactically. In other words, in other words sorry, it, sorry, let me let me interrupt. Sorry, yeah. Let's just pretend that rather than you know leading La Liga by a million points right now, Barca was in sixth place or something, Oof. and they were playing. The style that they're playing, you'd obviously have a very different assessment of their style. Of course, because your tactics work if you're winning. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, right. So, but again, persuade me that the tact that his tactics are to some large degree responsible for the winning, uh, especially in light of the fact that you thought coming into the season that he would be a an unsuccessful coach. First of all, I didn't think he'd be unsuccessful. I thought he'd be. Mediocre, and we still don't know how he's going to turn out. I, um, I am very supportive of him for now, for sure. All they've done is not lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one thing to look at is individually who's who's better than last year. Let's go. Well, we're not going to count the keeper. Jordi Alba, much better than last year. Not even, doesn't look like the same footballer. Umtiti was unbelievable last year. He's definitely made a step up. Mm-hmm. PK, I say, has been better. Sergio Roberto is looking like a natural world-class right-back. Busquets and Iniesta are back to their best. And midfield, Rakitic is playing well. Gomes is playing pretty well. Paulinho. <laughs> Paulinho is looking unbelievable. I missed him today. Yeah. Uh, Suarez, um, he's he started slowly, but he's he's going again. And Messi, 
He's not. Messi. Uh, <laughs> no, he was. He was very good. He he was the best player in the world last year. But it seems as if he's even stepped, taking a step up this year, made his game even more complete. May I ask you a question? I understand that Umtiti is in some danger of being bought. Yeah. Uh, How does that work then? The release clause? Yeah, he's got a low, relatively 60 low. 60 million. Oh, it's 60? I heard it was much less. No, but 60 million for a Well, even so, that's not much. His quality. So how does that work? If someone offers it, it has to be accepted and they can go straight to negotiating with him. Wow. And that's what happened with Neymar. Um, and I do not want to lose Simon Lumtiti. Does that indicate that when Barca signed him just a year, holy cow, a year ago, right? Yeah. Last, that last. they weren't fully confident that he'd Possibly. be. Possibly. Huh. I think they're going to try to get a new deal for him fast. And I think. Oh, Neymar, so wait. I, so how does that work? Even though he's got a release clause, you can make sign a new, new deal contract and, and override and, it. And, really, and raise it. What do you know? La Liga has a rule that every player has to have a release clause. What uh, other, other leagues don't? No. Actually, I read all of this too. It might be something about worker laws in general in Spain, which would not be really in the EU. Yeah, but and, it might just be a La Liga thing. And what do you know about Umtiti's desire to stay? He what? wants to stay. Everyone, he says, everyone said. What Barca fans are very angry at about Neymar when we thought, still thought he was going to say is, and what scared us is that he never came out and straight straight up said, "I want to stay." Umtiti has said because he did he, it. Apparently, he did. Yeah, because yeah. Umtiti has said, "I want to stay." Yeah. And the most reliable journalists in Neymar's case were saying he's going. The most reliable journalists in Numtis' case are saying he's staying. Mm. So I feel confident about keeping him. I must him. say, I really enjoy uh, this conversation Me about too. Barca with you. We, we we did it again. We got off topic because <laughs> I wanted to get to my predictions for 2018. I think we should still do it. Let's hear it. These are Barca predictions only? This is a Barca episode. Because uh, yesterday yeah. in our episode you did the yeah. kind of... Okay, go ahead. I think we're going to win La Liga. That looks pretty safe. I would not bet against yeah. that. I said we're not going to win the Champions League, even though I kind of think... I think we're the favorites. You do? I do. Well... Yeah. I think the other... Form-wise... I think the other team who's as good as us is Man City. And I think they do have the best manager in the world, one of the best managers of all time, if not the best. Um, but I think they're just not experienced enough across the board. What's their, what's their depth like? On paper, they have a fairly... De- they have a very, Deeper than they Barca or no? About the same. Um... They have a, they do have a deep squad, a very talented squad, but so many of the best players, uh, Ederson, Stones, Jesus, who's actually injured, Sterling, Sané, are so young, and even the ones who aren't young, this team's never been past the semifinals of the Champions League, mm-hmm. so they are still inexperienced at this stage. I think this core group of players at City would definitely win a Champions League under Pep. I think they definitely will, at least can, but I don't think they're ready yet. And so that's who will win it? I, I wrote, I don't think we're going to win it, but I really do. Who do you, okay. I, I say we, the favorites are Barcelona. Okay, but you're saying Barca's the favorite, but you don't think, or you think maybe they won't win it. I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but just pretend you had yeah. it for a minute. Man City, you say, doesn't seem yeah. like they're aligned to win it. So I think they would them, be the second favorite. If neither of them, though, who? I think the two are obviously Real Madrid, because even though they're not in form, and uh, in cup competitions, you need a good a good couple of games, and they've shown they can do that. And Bayern Munich. If you're Zidane right now, yeah, do you kind of abandon hope of winning the La Liga and try to win the Champions League? Yes and no. No, because yes, because you're 16 points back, you're not going to win La Liga. No, because that sends a message to the players that you're giving up, in um and and also it makes it look like. 
Yeah, but what's wrong with that if you're not going to win the league? I mean, coming in second. I think to have two competitions that you're fully playing hard in will keep them motivated and more focused in general. Also, he just signed a new contract. So even though he does have supposed job security, I don't think he's that safe. I think he could. I think if they don't win the Champions League, he will get fired in the season. Um, he just signed a new contract to 2020. I don't. I still think he, like I said, he could get fired. Why would Why would uh, the board sign uh, offer him a new contract now? It seems like a strange time. Because one, I think Florentino Perez is very impulsive, the president. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, two, I think it shows a sign of confidence. They want to show one of the biggest club legends, and yeah, he's won them two Champions Leagues, yeah, which is unbelievable. Sure. Yeah. I still think and will take it to my grave if I ever die, maybe immortal, that he is a very limited coach in many areas. I think his main management skills are second to none almost because um, of his um, passes of players, one of the greatest of all time. I think his tactics are not very good. I think guys like David Batoni and his backroom staff are hugely contributing to the tactics. Um, this is my personal opinion for what I think. I could be completely wrong, but... So I'm happy them signing a new deal, mm-hmm. and yeah, the other favorite I think is Bayern because they have Upankas back and they're playing well again. Other predictions for Barca? Mm-hmm. I think Messi's gonna have his best season yet. You say that every year? Not on paper. I don't think he's gonna beat the season where he scores 73 goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How does someone do that? <laughs> anyway, but I think he's. I think this Messi we've seen is the best, most complete player we've ever seen. This thing. Um, I don't think we can go through La Liga undefeated, even though if we win our next, don't lose our next game which is at Sociedad, where we haven't won in the league in like nine years. I don't think we're going to go through the season undefeated. I think we could, but it's just so hard. Sociedad is this weekend? Yeah. Which day? Sunday, you're thinking because oh, of the Steelers. Boy, that's a conflict. We're going to have to have two TVs. <laughs> well, we have two TVs in the house. We're going to put one on one, one on the other. You're serious? It's the same time? One is a Steelers, Barca 245. Oh, boy. Steelers get the big TV, don't worry. And that means that, uh, so... So Barca will start to play right about early in the third Hi, quarter, Fifi. right when it starts to get very, very tense. Uh, how excited are you? Uh, okay. Wait, did the camera pick that noise up? <laughs> I mean, not the camera, the microphone. Fifi just growled at me. Did Would you say that, uh, what's your enthusiasm level for Barca versus Sociedad against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars? Barcelona's my biggest love. If it was an ordinary league game, it would be different. But we haven't won here in nine years. Wow. We've not gotten a good, as good a form here in a while. So you're legitimately... And also also because I am incredibly confident about the Steelers game. Uh-huh. I'm much more confident. Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you could, if you had to wear one jersey to... Uh, Always Barcelona. Uh, even on that day? Mm, I th- maybe it'd be... This- well, You're not even a little. My torn. only, my only Ben, my only Steelers jersey is a Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. who's kind of a rapist. Yeah, so like, I don't want to wear that jersey. I hear you. If we make the Super Bowl, I'm going to get myself an Antonio Brown. I love you, Bell jersey, though. Okay, fair enough. Or should easier show some support. Nice, poor guy. Hmm. Poor guy. Terrible injury. Yeah, he was back watching practice, participating in a meetings. wheelchair. Though yeah. that's very, very, very sobering yeah. to see a yeah. a guy like that, a young, a young, young. athlete at. Basic. Practice in a wheelchair watching yeah. his teammates. He his beer seems through this seems incredible. I agree, but incredible. um you his know career is over for sure. Sure, I think. One would think. Yeah. One would think. Football American football is a very, very, very dangerous sport. Yeah. To Barca. To what else do you have? This is to end the episode we're gonna do what say what we would do if I was the director of football and in charge of promotion policy from the B team. 
Yeah. Um, so the B team of Barca? Yeah. yeah promoting ahead. of players. Okay. First of all, the players I would sell. Yeah. Arda, who seems like he's finally going to be gone on Friday tomorrow. Right. Oh my it's God. It's a sad story. Yeah. yeah. Um, De La Feu, I'd sell. Yeah. Rafinha, I'd sell. I like him, but we just need to create room in the wage bill. Alex Vidal and Mastrano seems sure to leave. Vidal had his moments. You know his last moment? No. Late Golden El Clasico. Ah, yeah. And then he held up an L on yeah. his face and he did. It was funny. And then, you know, the best thing he did in the dressing room, the locker room? You Tell know, me. You know Ronaldo's famous underwear pose? Yes. He mimicked it. <laughs> so he seems like a funny, a jokester. The players that promote from the B team? Yeah. Mark Cucurella. He's a great future left back. He can start to learn from Jordi, maybe Jose Sardinia. Um Carlos Salania and Jose Arniz, who are both on the bench today. Arniz came Arniz on. Arniz played. Yeah. yeah, Arniz came on. Is Arniz the guy who had taken three shots and scored three goals? I think that's what they said. For Barca so far, I think yeah. so. Yeah. So who who which games were those in? Because I'd All never Copa. heard of him. Ah, uh, 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 uh. I don't think he's playing league. Do yet. they play? Um, I mean, are there players like that? Are there outfield players like that who like, as with a goalkeeper who plays only in Copa matches? Um, Not really. Those are more for the younger players to that's how they come up. Just an opportunity. Yeah, but then the goal is to get them to the first team. Mm-hmm. I, I think Arnie is a bright future. Mm-hmm. Now, my transfer targets two guys I talked about yesterday. These yeah. are just four players. Um, Matthias. Um, Delict and Frankie De Jong and Ajax, they both have Barca DNA running through them. Um, in their How so? Blood. From from Ajax, the they're, Cruyff, yeah, Ajax they're, tradition? they're ball playing midfielders and defenders. Mm-hmm. De Jong reminds me of um, of Busquets a lot. Um, I see a lot of PK and Delict, but higher ceiling possibly. Who's the last uh, Dutch player on Barca right now? If you ask for Silicon, ah, right, yeah, yep. Other transfer targets? Oh, yeah. Um, Malcolm from Bordeaux, who's looked unbelievable. Mm, Bordeaux. You and I That was a great, beautiful city. Beautiful city, beautiful football city. It reminded stadium. me a lot of Barcelona. The city. Yeah, the city. Mediterranean. So hot that day. Oof. You remember we ran for the train after the match? Yeah. We were sweat. That was a fun day. <laughs> and we a- saw Spain play Croatia there. That was, that a, was a fun day. It was a fun day, that not the outcome we wanted. Yeah, but we, all because we got to see Spain of Ramos. Again. Yeah, <laughs> I teach you. And my last target is a guy who started to be linked with in recent days. So I studied up, watched some videos. Fabian Ruiz Pena, um, uh, young midfielder and winger on Real Betis. He's 21. Mm-hmm. His release clause is 15 million euros, which in this market is very little. Um, he plays well in a lot of games. He scored a beautiful goal last year against Real Madrid while playing very well in the win at the Bernabeu this season. And decent all around footballer. So I think. Those are four guys I look for. All right. We'll keep our eye on them. Um, Salman, this has been a lot of fun. I'm exhausted. I got to go to bed. Mm-hmm. I'll say this. Um, I know you're grateful for the service of Mashranu. No, no. Oh, that's such an easy one. <laughs> oh, tell me. It's about, just say something about the 442. Oh. <laughs> Salman, <Mashranu>. thanks. For- <laughs> <laughs> like you team you yesterday. Thanks for teaching me about the 442. Not footy for one, it's for two. Nice talking to you, buddy. <laughs>